Welcome to Think Big with Dan and Kasim. Join host Dan Melnick and Kasim Masood as they explore big ideas, limitless possibilities, and engage with visionaries, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders who dare to dream big. Get inspired, motivated, and find practical tips for personal growth. Think big, dream bigger, and ignite your potential. Welcome to Think Big with Dan and Kasim, and our guest today is Steve. So, Steve, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, tell us where you live and what you do for a living. Sure. Uh, my name is Steve Christensen. Uh, I live just outside of Milwaukee, and um, for the past 32 years, I've been in supply chain software. Started out as a project analyst, and then became a project manager, and then became a director of client programs, and then moved into sales and into marketing. And then finally into leadership and know what's in the box is a company that we started to kind of correct some of the mistakes that I've seen in my career. So prior to prior to being in supply chain software, I was a finance uh, for manufacturing and wholesale companies. And obviously my responsibility was more of the general ledger view of the business and who do I owe and who, you know, how much inventory do I have? How much assets do I hold? as I say, very financial perspective. But I started working uh, for Kraft Food Service and it was regional wholesale distribution operations, right? So the beauty of that is 95% of the people working there are on the floor, right? They're picking, they're packing, they're storing, they're counting, they're doing all of the functions that are necessary for wholesale distribution. So I, I could see kind of the immediate correlation between their action and what we were posting, if you will, right? Thinking of it from a kind of a general ledger standpoint. And then continued in finance, went to ultimately to work for general uh, GE aircraft engines. And it was there that I became more uh, aware of, if you will, inventory. So my responsibility at GE aircraft engines was to manage consigned inventory of GEs that was being held by vendors. I think I had maybe 40 or 50 different vendors and some only had hundreds of dollars. And others had, you know, millions of dollars worth of inventory being held. And again, I'm looking at it from the financial perspective, and I'm responsible for making sure that these numbers match, right? Because what you don't want is inventory loss. <laughs> You've given it away, and now you don't, you know, get it back. So I started right away. I looked at the, the accounts, right? Who had how much uh, inventory? And then looked what's been the behavior, Right. And of course, what I was finding was that the ones with millions of dollars worth of inventory had the most loss consistently. And this one company in particular kept having like a million, million and a half dollar write off every year. And so I, I got the permission to go visit them. They were in Baltimore and I toured the facility again, starting. I've been in wholesale distribution, so I knew how, how inventory moved. And I was now sitting at this million and a half dollar loss. I'm trying to figure out how can they're, they're not losing this inventory. They're 12 foot diameter uh, aircraft engine parts, right? You don't lose them. Uh, maybe they were being stolen. That's kind of what one of the things, but I even thought, my God, how do you, how do you steal something that big? So uh, I go out and I really just discover that it was a lack of a process in the operational side itself on the concrete that was missing to keep proper track of these 12 foot diameter pieces of inventory. And so I, I returned back to Cincinnati. I lived in Cincinnati at the time and got out a Fox Pro uh, 4 database 
and it was a first, you know, generation kind of a 4GL, but it was, it was a desktop, you know, solution. And then your system was a three and a half inch floppy. And so I created a process workflow that I then put on this three and a half inch floppy and I mailed it to the vendor and installed it on their PC that was on their distribution production floor. And every transaction that we had agreed that they would do, they would then come and record it in the system. They would then mail it back to me at the end of the month. (laughs) And we would be able to do a reconciliation. And there was never a variance because they weren't losing these items, right? And they weren't even being stolen. It was just, there was no way to keep a sufficient flow so that when the when the gap that was existing was wasn't cleaned up, it just kept it you know kept compounding. So then I realized that finance and, and therefore kind of as what I became to understand is ERP ignores operations uh, and barely knows orders and it barely knows inventory. Again, it, it knows it just from the on order and on hand perspective and, and the financial implications of those. But there's so much work that goes on to actually make those two transactions show up. So then I was fortunate to start working in 91. Then when I, when I left GE, I started to work in supply chain software. And I got to work for a warehouse management system company. And they were the leaders of at the time. And again, it's that physical con- control of the process and the flow. Impressive software, great time in my career. I, I learned so much. Uh, I was able to design systems. Um, so I had to understand the database level and again, the workflow perspective. I had to get into automation uh, in whatever, 95 or 94, uh, delivered a highly automized, uh, automated warehouse in England. Um, so I, it was just really wonderful t- part of my career, but then I realized orders and inventory existed everywhere that they weren't just in a warehouse. And, and then what I also realized is when we implemented the warehouse management system, there was a lot of training, right? There was a lot of teaching the worker how to use the software. And that is a huge struggle for every software vendor there is, is user what becomes user adoption, but, you know, requires training and, and, and a number of other factors, but really it, it measures, are they using it, you know, and, and, is it, and is it working for them? So there was always that big change management issue. And so I realized the inventory existed everywhere, so did orders. And then the way that the software, and this includes ERP and the best of breed WMS and TMS, right? Every piece of software that companies have been using for the 32 years, that I've been uh, in the industry is a pre-built set of software that you have to learn, right? You have to push the buttons in exactly the manner in which a programmer created a a set of logic and and an interface, right? Everything was pre-built. And so you're kind of bound by that. And therefore the worker has to learn the process, if you will. I realized Again, from from years of on the con, on the concrete experience, the best way to do it would be to let the workers teach the software. Is is not come in with a solution that is already built and they have to learn. Let the software learn the process. So, no, it's in the box. We've we've created that tool that that um, platform, I guess, to be able to for software to learn the process. And we tend to focus in on. Uh, distribution, obviously, uh, logistics, production, you know, that that life 
supply the, the the physical operations of a supply chain. Probably more of an explanation than you were hoping, but no, that was good. That was good. So, what was your biggest challenge when starting this company? I guess just ultimately deciding that you, it. Ha I just have to, you know. There, there's always. I guess I'm more of a. a I don't want to say a risk taker, right? But I'm adventurous. So I was never afraid of the process of being able to do it or even the you know potential for failure. It was more the conditions of life that allow or don't allow, you know, that that investment because it becomes an investment then um, to uh, to be able to develop the software, you know, get the uh, messaging. Like, you have to do everything. Um, but I, I like that because that's, again, just kind of pulls in from all the different tools that I've already got from, from my time in the saddle. So what was the turning point for you to do all this work? Because I believe this is more tricky and uh, more knowledge is involved in this whole work. In, in this whole work. So what, what was the encouraging thing for you to go, to go for this? Well, that's, that's an interesting question because, as I said, I'm kind of adventurous. So the company was founded in, in uh, 2001, and I foolhardishly, fool, foolishly thought that I could develop the code, right? Mm -hmm. No, no training. <laughs> no, <laughs> none, none. Uh, but I knew how data worked, right? I knew how processes worked. As, as I said, I had to... I designed software. I just never wrote the code. I implemented and supported it, but I, you know, I could never, I could never strike a key and make it, make it appear. And so, my first um, pass at it by myself was in 2001. As I say, that's when the, what's when the company started. That only lasted about six months because I realized how incapable I was, and therefore stopped. And you know kept on with my family, if you will. Later, 2008, I decided to hire the resources to be able to build the application. And I was very fortunate to, uh, to meet a young man who, you know, I, I wasn't, a, I was a bit of a designer from the functional workflow and we had to do data flow diagrams and data entity relationships. So I like, I got close to design, but what I was trying to explain didn't really make any sense. To, to this team of people. And uh, this one guy was willing to kind of keep, keep spinning the wheel just a little, little bit to figure out what was going on and what he might be able to help with. And he himself said it, he had developed code for me for over a year before he realized what I was asking him to build. <laughs> so that was just, that was just a happen, uh, wonderful happenstance. And he and he and I are still working together, and he's still often wondering what I'm trying to say. But uh, that was that was a big shift, right? And and that was ended up being almost five years worth of development in in really what is a a bespoke, right, a, a custom method to create this software that learns the process. Right. So, and do you have any plans for now? Do you have any plans to touch the blockchain as well? Because you were uh, in, in in your whole career you were touching all the new things i believe like yeah so are oh, you yeah. gonna touch in that's, that's a very good point because before i started the company in 2001 i realized i needed a technology that didn't exist 
And what I envisioned early in rough in rough forms became web services. Uh-huh. I was talking to my buddy. I had a great friend, uh, uh, still do, but he's he's no longer in the Milwaukee area. Uh, and I was explaining to him what I wanted the software to be able to do. And he's like, well, that doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> so in 2001, the reason I was so foolhardily able to do it is because uh, web services were starting to become available as development toolkits. Yes. Right? As like a 5GL where you could yep. hopefully, yeah, but no, still way, still way above my, my pay grade. And yeah, it, it's just, that's how bespoke, I guess, what we've created is, you know, it's, it's purpose built to, to do what I wanted to do, which was to, to teach that, teach the software. I was already cooking and I thought, oh, this is going to be perfect. This is going to be, you know, a neighbor of mine that we're going to grow up together and we're going to both be very successful. Well, then blockchain has always kind of remained in, again, a financial transaction, right? It's almost like the ERP situation all over again, because all it's doing is recording what was done. It's not recording the activity of the doing. And that's where 70% of the workforce is. They're on the floor doing something. It's not just whether I posted in the, in the right general ledger account. So with digital transformation, I think, you know, it needs to start at the end. It needs to start with the, with the feet on the ground that are doing the work in logistics and production and distribution to almost isolate the ERP. Just let it continue to be the financial transaction. Who cares? Stop, you know, almost, almost put it into a... Uh, <laughs> a self-induced uh, coma, you know, just feed it and keep it alive, but don't do anything with it anymore. Because <laughs> it'll really become that financial, and they've got HR and they've got regulatory, they're, they're very important things, but they got very little to do with the operation. Right, so in terms of, you know, you essentially, you know, based on what you were saying, you're pretty forward thinking. So I guess, like, what is one thing that does not exist right now that you wish you could have for your software when we that's a good question too when we when i first built the software, the intent was for the subject matter expert to build their own that i you know certainly i could provide the advice and stuff like that but it should be easy enough that a non-technical person right me can organize the workflow to match exactly what I want it to do. I want to be able to assign logic to each of the input fields so that I can bend behavior. I can say, well, oh, if this happens, then this needs to happen. Or if this happens, this needs, right? You literally have to have exception handling and just that ability to self-publish. So my first go around of marketing this was under that kind of concept of, of hey, Dan, you could, you could build whatever you want. And Dan's sitting there thinking, what do you mean I can build whatever I want, right? This is 2008. There's, you're not building anything you want. You're just getting used to the internet, <laughs> you know? Um, and uh, it was a message that didn't seem to uh, work. Maybe it will now. I, I, we don't even market this anymore. I mean, I could literally let you could build your own process, Dan, as a, I'm sure you could as a consultant, especially, but right? I mean, you'd be able to build a process and have it running in three days. But whenever I approach the customers in that initial market message, if you will, they were excited, but then they said, well, couldn't you just build it for us? 
So yeah, I'll build it for you. And we did, we delivered it and it was successful. This, this current iteration, as I say, is, is more just offering the service to create the, the soft, you know, to basically configure the software because the software is already there. It's just waiting for somebody to tell it what to do. And, and that's, so we're continuing to offer services on that because again, and, and now I understand why the customer doesn't have a time, right? So Dan's thinking, okay, great. I, I've got an operations to run and now I've got to train. So, you know, like I've got to do something. I learn a new way to work in a piece of software. No, right. Like last thing I want to do. So if I were to want something new, and this is something we're actually sketching up now is sort of a chat interface where the person can just kind of narrate their own workflow by having a conversation. And that, you know, that would be kind of cool because I'd, I still think it's so necessary everywhere, right? I mean, we're happy to support customers and, and, and they come up with some really clever ideas and some, some strategic changes that they've done to their business or uh, improved compliance or improved productivity, right? Accuracy, whatever it was. Um, I think it'd be fun to just kind of let it go and then let, let it see what it can do on its own, right? I think that would be cool to watch. Uh, and I think then you could almost have like a community of, of Dan publishes, hey, I just created this to be able to do this. And people would be like, oh, I want to use that, right? And they create their own or just kind of that, that uh, kind of community back and forth. I thought that would be uh, awesome. So if we're going to have this conversation again in one year from now, where do you see things going with your business? I think we'll probably be serving just more customers. You know, we'll probably, I mean, Technically, we'll probably have maybe migrated a couple steps closer towards that conversational configuration thing that I was talking about. But I think we're, you know, certainly right now we're focused just on customer uh, implementation support, you know, that kind of stuff. The, the growth of our of our business to be able to, to support those companies that do want somebody to just do it for them, you know, don't have time. And that's that's been um, that's been helpful for them. It's been obviously wonderful for us because we get to be more involved in the implementation, the configuration and the training and you know, all of those aspects. So it's, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. So what is the biggest piece of advice that you wish you knew when you first started? Because you've been doing this for some time. You know, when, you, when I first started, I think it was more about uh, a big great, big, great idea. Everybody's gonna get it, right? And they don't, you know, it, it takes a long time to find market fit. Right. You'll see that in a lot of uh, VC, you know, kind of benchmark, if you will, is market fit identified? Well, what, well, what consi what's considered market fit? You know, all that kind of stuff. But but it is it is essential. And that's going to take a while. You, you may truly have something that is so well messaged, so well value positioned, right, that it becomes, you know, popular and takes off. But more than likely, you're going to have to go out and make mistakes, shoot at the wrong target, send the wrong message. You know, I, you hear about pivoting and all this kind of stuff. I, I haven't pivoted at all. And, you know, you just, the, the amount of time it's going to take and the amount of effort it's going to take. And then if you're doing it by yourself, the breadth of responsibilities that you have to become at least conversant on at least have the minimum uh, capability to comprehend, you know, wh whether it's, whether it's legal structures or accounting or taxes or oh, marketing, sales, implementation, support, 
right? It becomes the full gauntlet is, is that one person's responsibility. Uh, it's, get to be fortunate to join with a team, even if a team is just two, you know, you're already five times more powerful, right? Because you're now going to be able to leverage each other's strengths and, and make that work. So then that may also compress time. You know, um, I can only reflect on, on my journey. So Right. So if somebody wanted to reach out to you, what's the best way to reach out to you? If you can mention your website or social media. Yeah, no, that'd be great. Um, the website is knowwhatsinthebox.com. So it's rather lengthy. You can certainly find me on LinkedIn, uh, Steve Christensen. Uh, you'll be able to look up Know What's in the Box. Tons of information on the website relative to use cases, to more of an introduction to the kind of the methodology, the, the capability, how you train. Uh, dibs is the name of the product or the software. You train dibs uh, in this manner. Uh, you go to this next step, the feedback buy-in step with the operators, right? Because if you don't, you don't get the people on the ground to, to want to do this, then just stop right now. Uh, and then you go into the logic stage where you're now starting to assign the logic to each of those fields and, and create those exception paths and routines. Um, and then you go into the training. Um, so that's all explained. It is, it is a new concept. So that, those would be the two best methods. Best method, so. Well, Steve, I want to say thank you so much for your time. Hopefully, you. we, 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 uh, we can chat again in one year from now, and you'll have even more yeah. success and yeah, serving yeah, yeah. more customers. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I don't have to tell this whole story again. <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.